Welcome to this episode of Law Girl. I'm Jasmine Dea coming to you from my personal injury law firm, JD & Co., located in the heart of Midtown Toronto at Young and St. Clair. Joining me is Nader Marzouk, co-owner of Figures in Yorkville and company Resto Bar in Mississauga, and of course, regulars on King Street in the heart of downtown Toronto, and I understand a few A&W restaurants also. Thank you so much for coming by my office today. My intention of inviting you over was to discuss personal injury in the context of restaurants and bars. But before I delve into that topic, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into the restaurant scene? Oh, that's... uh. I'll try to I'll try to condense it as much as I can. It's a pretty long, long story. Uh, I'm actually a computer science grad out of U of T. That's my uh, my background. Um, had this website back in uh, 2001 called Meet Me in To. Some of you may have heard of it. Um, effectively, it was a social network before the term social network was even coined. Before Facebook, before MySpace, um, and uh, trying to basically find our way through a, a profitable. A business model utilizing it we found ourselves in the hospitality world became exceptionally good at it fell in love with it and here we are a couple of decades later so your restaurants are not just your typical restaurant they are some of the hottest places to be in terms of nightlife more the resto bar type was that always the plan so we don't actually approach um each venue with a with a it's not like we're thinking five years ahead we need to open up this type of venue um, we very much let the space speak to us about what it can accommodate uh, both in the neighborhood as well as what the the general layout of the space uh, enables us to do uh, regulars is a great example of that um, looking at the bare bones of the space the structure where it's located and where we found that the neighborhood needed um, uh, there was a need in the neighborhood to be filled uh, there was a lot of clubs a lot of very uh, like nice places uh, but they're all kind of more or less the same and what we wanted to do was bring uh, that cheers neighborhood bar feel smack into the middle of king street uh, and make it a nice modern cheers so do you have any plans for anything new i need to mark my calendar for my you know grand opening invite i i think i think i think we're going to be just focusing on what we have for the foreseeable future i think the rest of 2019 for us is very inward focused rather than uh, expansion focused um we are uh, we're very busy these days okay well keep me posted if uh, anything changes on that front i will uh let's talk about safety within yeah. the venue so there are so many potential hazards within a restaurant. Not only do you need to ensure a smooth operation in terms of serving customers and food quality, but you also need to ensure that your customers or patrons, as we call them in the legal world, are safe in your environment. I personally have commenced several lawsuits for genuinely injured people due to negligence or building code violations within restaurants and bars. So for example, there was an older lady I represented she was having uh, lunch at, um, uh, I think it was a restaurant in Mississauga, and she had had half a glass of wine. It was daylight. She was meet, meeting her granddaughter uh, for lunch, and then she had to use the restroom, so she excused herself and went inside the restaurant, and she slipped and fell on stairs. Or it wasn't actually slip. It was a trip and fall downstairs. And because she'd been on the outside patio, it was really sunny, going into the dimly pub style restaurant inside caused some issues for her there was also no sign to indicate that there were stairs there was no railing which was in fact required um, pursuant to the building code and she she shattered her hip as a result so i took that on and we were successful uh, but how do you ensure that your patrons are safe in in that context 
So that's a it's a very broad stroke kind of kind of question. Um, the, the reality is we go through internal audits on an ongoing basis to make sure that uh, not just that the space is safe, but the general flow of traffic makes sense and is it, it's free of any potential issues. Um, you know, there's. Uh, there's building code requirements, which is the bare minimum of, I think, where we need to be. Those are, you know, there has to be a handrail because there are stairs. Um, beyond that, we need to be aware of how the guests interact within the space. If people find it uh, easier to, you know, walk around a certain obstacle, well, we need to make sure that that area is clear for them. If that's the natural progression, that's the natural path. Or if we need to redirect them, we need to make it clear. We need to put signage up. We need to make sure that the path is uh, clear of any obstructions, uh, and that the flow generally goes the way we envision it uh, and is, is safe for everybody. So what you've described would occur after you've opened and you see the flow of people moving through the environment. What about before you open? So when you first open one of your restaurants, do you have an inspector come through from the city? Do you have another company you hire? What do you do? The inspector coming through is a requirement yes. for opening. Um, so we actually have to undergo uh, both uh, building, uh, municipal inspections, bylaw, fire has to come in. The city actually has a lot of really robust guidelines that ensure that uh, what I call the bare minimum requirements are actually met. Um, that is making sure that there's enough exits out there, that the exits are wide enough for everybody to, to go through based on your capacity, and that there are no... Uh, there's no block or potential hazard in the way in case that there is an emergency and people need to exit the building. Um, but but beyond that, we do internal checks ourselves. I mean, we envision a certain interaction before we open. Sometimes we're, we're bang on, but sometimes we see little nuances that we have to uh, adjust as we open. But we do, um, we, it's a bit of an internal audit where we go through and say, okay, this is how we expect people to interact. Have we done what we can to ensure that everything is safe within that model of interaction? And are people bringing things to your attention? So say it wasn't you who was, you know, going through and seeing hazards, but maybe a bartender, for example. Have they ever come to you and said, hey, maybe we should do something oh, about that? We have a health and safety uh, committee in place. Oh. Uh, and that's part of what, what their uh, purpose is. It's another set of eyes. And we empower the staff and we give them a channel by which they can communicate these things over to us. And that health and safety committee, is that required by the city? Uh, I believe it's a, a municipal requirement. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, once you get to be on a certain number of employees, uh, it is something that you're supposed to put in place. But the reality is that a lot of people don't utilize it for what it's meant to be for. Um, they kind of put these things in place just to comply without really utilizing them to, to the betterment of the business. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it does a, a lot of good. It, you know, beyond just the the identification of potential hazards for for guests, it also makes sure that we identify potential hazards for our employees. You know, in in the back working areas, uh, it gives them a channel by which they can communicate things back over to us. Which sometimes is a daunting thing, even though we we see everybody on a daily basis. This this idea of going up to the owner and going, "Hey, I just saw this," is a very difficult um, uh, interaction for for a lot of people. So just having this channel put in place for them has really enlightened us and given us a lot of really positive feedback. So instead of having to come to you, they can go to people on this committee? Exactly. So we have the heads of the committees and we meet with the committee uh, on a regular basis. So they uh, impart their feedback to them and in turn, we get the, the information back over. No, to that's us. great. I totally understand sometimes people not wanting to come directly to you, whether uh, they're hesitant or they just don't want to bother you with it. So I think that's great. Yeah, you know, so, sometimes um, sometimes people feel um, 
unjustifiably that they're bothering us with stuff that we, you know, they don't want to know that there's like a, a loose rug, you know, down the side. They already know and they're not doing something about it. The reality is like we're human, right? And, and we do our best to monitor everything. But if somebody sees something, we want to know about it because we want to fix it. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Uh, let's switch gears a bit and talk about security. Yeah. So some of your restaurants turn more into a bar, lounge, sort of nightclub atmosphere, uh, depending on the night. Yeah. What do you do or what did you decide to do? Getting back to, did you have a plan? Like, for example, regulars. Did you know that it was going to turn into this or did you think it was going to be more low-key? And what, well, let's start with that. Yeah, so that, that was actually part of our business model. Um, uh, we... Regulars is a bar, but we did want to bring in a little bit of energy on the weekends at night. Um, we're fortunate to be very busy, which adds a good bit of energy into the night. Um, but we definitely wanted to make sure that we had security in order to prevent any issues from occurring in the first place. And when you knew that you needed security for that venue, did you decide, let's hire in-house, let's get a company? What did you decide and how did you come to that conclusion? We got an external company simply uh, on a business decision that we didn't want to take on all of the work involved in training, certifying, and, and the ongoing work that is needed to make sure that your security guards are uh, up to the level that they need to be. That's not our core business and we pay a premium to have somebody else take care of that for us. Yeah, I think that's actually a great idea because you are focusing on your business and leaving the security to others. Exactly. Do you coordinate that with them though on the needs of the night? Oh yeah, absolutely. So we have our internal requirements um, that we sit down and, and relay over to the heads of the security company. Um, uh, and what they do is they take that and mesh it with the requirements that they have. So for instance, we have uh, our own kind of dress code requirements. We have our capacity requirements. We have you know, our processes that we want to uh, have our, our security facilitate for us for you know, walking in guests, how we want the, you know, the, the front door to operate, things like that that are very much uh, business uh, uh, requirements. And then there are the security requirements, which is you know, security company knows better than we do. How do you properly eject somebody out of the building? You know, these are processes that they have in place. So what if you do need to eject somebody? Uh, who gets to tell the lucky individual that they need to leave? Uh, very much dependent on the situation. Um, you know, uh, the first point of contact is the, the bartender or the server. Um, so they may not be the persons telling them that they need to leave, but they're going to be the first to identify if that person is in a state where maybe they've had one too many, maybe they're starting to be a little bit um, you know, abrasive, they're able to identify a potential problem before it becomes a problem. From there, they let our managers know. And at that point, it's the manager's decision whether or not to get security involved. I'd probably say nine times out of 10, just a simple conversation really does resolve the issue. Uh, but the security is always notified and they're on standby in case that there needs to be a non-voluntary removal. And have you observed non-voluntary removal Absolutely. at any of your venues? Absolutely, yes. And do you feel that the security are acting in a way that you feel is appropriate for your venue? Our, our number one requirement, um, and I personally sit down with all our security before, uh, before they, 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 they start with us, we are a non-physical venue. Uh, really, getting involved physically is the absolute last resort, and it is only to protect other guests if need be, or if somebody, if, if our 
guards are feeling overly uh, attacked, then they're, they have to restrain the person. It's very much for the protection of, of the, the building themselves and, and, and the, the rest of the patrons. Up until that point, you know, I don't care if somebody's yelling at you. I don't care if they're insulting. I don't care what they're doing. You don't put hands on them. There's always a de-escalation process that we can take. And honestly, once you get used to dealing, even, you know, people that have had one too many drinks, there is a, a finesse to it. There's a method where you can de-escalate the situation and achieve your end required uh, result, which is having them not just leave the building, but leave the building safely, uh, you know, get them a taxi, get them home on their way as well. Because the reality is, uh, you know, we need to ensure their safety as much as everybody else's as well. I honestly love your answer because as you know, one of my areas of specialty in personal injury is bouncer assault claims and people have taken it really personally. And I'm trying to explain to people, I love our nightlife. I love the city. It's people that are in positions of authority that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Because as you said, usually there are ways to deal with things without it getting into a violent altercation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you touched a little bit on the one too many situation. Yeah. Let's talk about alcohol and service of alcohol. So you have people serving alcohol, so they all have to be Smart Serve certified. Absolutely. And they are. Absolutely. And what if an individual is you know, acting belligerent? They are showing visible signs of intoxication. What needs to be done? Well, the first thing is, you know, you stop service. Yes. That's, that's a <laughs> Um, but beyond, they're very much dependent on the situation because there are varying degrees. Um, you know, sometimes you have somebody who's relatively calm, but they're, you know, starting to reach that point. Um, you know, I, again, always preferring the, the least, uh, uh, the, the action of least friction. Uh, so, you know, so sometimes a conversation saying, hey, you know, Bob, you've had one too many. You know, I think we are, we're kind of done for the night. But hey, what are you doing after? Oh, awesome. Do you want me to get you a cab? That goes a long way, and honestly, the you know the, the guest uh, appreciates the gesture, and they typically understand. Um, on the odd occasion that we get somebody who's just you know no, I'm not leaving, or some sometimes they insist on another drink, and then it gets escalated from there. It goes to the manager, and then it goes to security. Mm-hmm. No, it's great that you are suggesting a cab or something like that because actually, as I'm sure you're aware, but perhaps our listeners aren't aware, um, you know, there's social. They're a commercial. You're a commercial host, yep. and there's commercial host liability issues that could ensue if you don't take care of your patron. Absolutely. Such as calling a cab, making sure that they get home safely from your venue, and it sounds like you are adhering to that. You you don't want to know our ongoing taxi bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so next time I'm there, I'm going to be like, oh, I think I need a taxi. If, if you really need one, you really need one. We have the vouchers. For All sure. right, very good. Good to know. Um, in terms of cannabis legalization, yeah. You and I both know that everyone was already smoking weed whenever they wanted to. But now that it's legal, I have argued in different forums that people are more emboldened to do it in public and in places like not just in their home on their sofa anymore. Do you find that it's become more difficult in terms of serving alcohol, uh, not knowing how much they've consumed of other substances? Is that causing issues for your staff? Um, we're in a whole new world right now. Uh, the reality is if somebody has just, you know, uh, had some, some cannabis uh, and then they have a drink, how really do you identify? You know, it, not only does it uh, mask some of the signs of intoxication, it sometimes accentuate depending on what, what it is that they... Yeah, what's strange. Yeah, what's strange. <laughs> you know, sometimes it masks, sometimes it accentuates it. Um, it really is um, a, kind of a new era of trying to, 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 to come to 
a, a proper judgment on, on how we should be interacting. And we're taking it on a case by case. Thankfully, to date, we haven't really had any major issues mm-hmm. uh, where we we were like, oh, unfortunately, we have to stop, you know, serving you. They're like, no, I'm fine. I only had one drink. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, we've been pretty good at, at identifying it. So. That's good. Good to hear. Um, insurance. Yeah. You carry insurance. Absolutely. And insurance protects you if someone like me and my client were going to sue. Uh, how hard is it for a venue like yours to get insurance? So the reality is uh, your industry has caused severe disturbance uh, in, in the hospitality world. Uh, there, there was <laughs> I a- like how you're looking at me and smiling as you say this. Well, no, it's, true. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. Because what's, what's happening right now is uh, you. there was a point in time where the hospitality world really was very much not doing justice uh, and not living up to their responsibilities for ensuring patron safety. Um, uh, a bunch of, of people kind of came in and really made the insurance company pay for not ensuring that their insureds are living up to the standards that they should be. Now the insurance companies are going, we don't want to touch hospitality with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do, the premiums are insane. Uh, you know, if you look at the insurance premiums 10 years ago, the insurance premiums now, you know, they're multiples higher than what they used to be. That's because you're paying for people before you. That's exactly it. You know, they, they look at it and insurance companies don't want to lose money, right? So they go, okay, the last time we insured a venue with this liquor to food ratio, this was our average payout. So we have to assume the same is going to be the case for, for these guys uh, and irrelevant of how well we preed our case. You know, they have their, their guidelines, right? Um, so this is kind of where we find ourselves today. Industry-wide, uh, you've got insurance companies coming off risk left, right, and center. Uh, and those that are staying on risk are making sure that they're turning a profit irrelevant of what happens. So basically you're... Paying a lot is what you're trying we to say. We are definitely paying a lot. Yeah, um, you know, we uh, we learned some lessons early on because the truth is we were some of those those venues that really didn't know how to build our processes early on as well. Um, and uh, uh, you know, at Anko specifically, because Anko is the oldest venue for us, it's coming on eight years old now. Uh, oh, is our, it that old? Yeah, yeah. Time flies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what we've done is to ensure that our processes are, are airtight to make sure that we're not just being proactive about the safety of everybody, but also providing documentation to the insurance company to show them, hey, listen, come in. Here's how we deal. Here's our, our hourly uh, floor checks. Here's our hourly washroom checks. Here's our security certificates. You know, these are all of the things that we do to be proactive to ensure that, you know, we minimize uh, the, the, the potential for anything uh, happening in the building. So before I go further and irritate you more on the... You don't irritate me at all. You don't at all. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good conversation. Yeah. No, it is. It is. No, but before uh, I continue on this path, I think we should end right there because we had a fantastic interview. And I do thank you so much for coming. It was so much fun. It's my pleasure. My pleasure.